welcome to the Book Club Girl podcast, where we chat about great books with awesome authors, and you, our listeners, ask the questions. I'm Eliza Rosenberry. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects of all time, dogs. I read Call of the Wild when I was a kid with my dad, and I've always loved it. I mean, dogs. What else is there to say? I'm a huge dog lover. I'm Tavi Kowalczuk. One of my favorite books that includes a dog is Lily and the Octopus by Steve Rowley. It's a novel about a man and his little wiener dog. And I have never cried so hard reading a book before in my life. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I've never like read a it, good but cry. I can I can picture the cover. It ha- it's like it has the dog on it, right? Yes, the, little the blue dog. cover with the little dog. Oh God, it's so good. So cute. Oh, but I'm just a dog. I'm sucker for a dog. So I need a story with me a dog. Too. Sign me, me up. Me too. <laughs> on today's show, a Marine on patrol in Afghanistan meets his best friend, a funny peppy dog he names Fred. Today, we discuss the heartfelt memoir, Craig and Fred, and later on in the show, we chat with the author, Craig Grossi. And now we present to you, Craig and Fred Abridged. When Marine Sergeant Craig Grossi headed out on an intelligence-gathering mission in a remote part of Afghanistan in 2010, he did not expect to meet his best friend, a young stray dog with a big head and short legs. The soldiers named him Fred, who confidently and quickly integrated himself into the team with his self-assured attitude, intelligence, and eccentric habits. But dogs were banned on base and on missions, so Craig risked his pup's life when he smuggled him back to Camp Leatherneck in the first step to export Fred to the United States. The memoir's narrative moves back and forth between a road trip Craig and Fred take with Josh, another vet, and Craig's service in Afghanistan. Craig, Fred, and Josh have adventures camping and hiking through the Western states, meeting other vets, and grappling with their own demons along the way. This is when Craig accepts the fact that he has PTSD as a result of the brutal and shocking things that happened while he was a Marine in Afghanistan. Just as Craig saved Fred from a lifetime as a stray dog in the desert, Fred saves Craig from his PTSD by being a grounding force. This book, their story, is full of humor, honesty, and friendship. What did you think of the book, Tavia? Uh, I just really, really loved this book. It was so sweet. I could not put it down. I, I read it on the beach. And, you know, I especially enjoyed the way the story moved back and forth. I think if it had been told sort of straight on where you had all of his time in Afghanistan sort of glommed together, it would have been far too intense because what happens to him as a soldier in Afghanistan is awful. I mean, the things he witnesses are heartbreaking and traumatic. And I, for one, appreciated the breaks where they were, you know, sort of hiking through the wilderness and having fun adventures with Fred. It definitely kept the the weight of the book, I guess, easier to manage as a reader. Yeah, I totally agree. I think, you know, I, I would say that there's sort of, this is the kind of book where I feel like there's something for everybody. You mm-hmm. know, there's there's sort of like the suspenseful, action-packed, really sort of emotionally difficult sections of the book that are set in Afghanistan, which are difficult to read, and but I think really important because it sort of provides this context for, you know, Craig's journey as he, you know, is a returning vet to the US, mm-hmm. like what he's seen and what he's been through. I think it's really important to acknowledge. Um, 
But then there's also some really lighthearted sweet sections in Afghanistan too, when Fred is sort of plopping around. He's like, well, we'll be sure to post photos of Fred. He's a really funny looking dog. And I'm <laughs> and I think like part of seeing him, you know, we'll ask Craig about this, but in the book, he says, like, you know, all these other dogs were like, you know, stray dogs in Afghanistan go around in a pack. And, you know, Fred was sort of out there, like, on his own, kind of doing his own thing, like this funny-looking <laughs> little dog. I mean, I just think it's so sweet. And then, obviously, you know, the other sections of the book are sort of, like, set in the U.S. It's, like, more of a classic road trip narrative, a sort of, like, Craig coming to terms with some things and, you know, making some decisions about how to live his life going forward and all of that. I totally, totally agree with you. I found that the way that Craig wrote about – that journey that he moved towards accepting and treating his PTSD, I, I agree with you. I think it was very realistic. I think it was gentle and honest and really hopeful in a way that could have easily been dark. Yeah. Um, and I will admit, this just says more about me than it does about the book. So Craig goes through all these awful things in Afghanistan. I cried when Craig and Fred were reunited in the States. That's when I cried. <laughs> That's like the most, you know, it's like the pinnacle, this reunion when he, oh my God. he's like, will he recognize me? Will he know me? And he does, of course. And it's I like was so like gratifying. wiping the tears away. And true confession, I follow Fred on Instagram. I he has such a good Instagram. Love his daily posts. <laughs> they always remind me to keep my chin up and a smile on my face. I can't wait to talk to Craig. I hope Fred's there. Me too. I'm so excited. Cheers. Cheers, Eliza. Quick reminder, we love hearing from you, especially now that we're working from home. Join our Facebook group, The Book Club Girls, where you can stay connected with other book lovers and pose your own questions to authors who appear on our show. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash The Book Club Girls. And stay tuned after the show for a short exclusive sample from the Craig and Fred audiobook. Today, we're joined by Craig Grossi, whose book, Craig and Fred, is out now. Craig, welcome to the Book Club Girl podcast. We are so glad you're here. Oh, thank you. No, I'm really glad to be here. It's an honor and, and just really exciting to you know always talk about Fred and our book and our story and our ongoing adventures. <laughs> so from two dog lovers to another, we have to know, is Fred there with you? Oh, he's he's sleeping right next to me, right here. <laughs> so we want to start this podcast off on the right foot or paw, and because this <laughs> is a book club and everyone's included, we want to know what is Fred's favorite book. <laughs> Fred's favorite book? Yeah, that's a great question. I I mean, besides, he I think he's a big fan of ours. I think he's honestly probably getting a little tired of hearing the story because uh, <laughs> we travel so much, and I tell the story, you know, at schools and and events all over the country, and and I think you know if you want something to put Fred to sleep is to you know hearing his own story. But I think his other favorite might be this book that I'm not sure people really know a lot about, but it's called Shiloh, and oh my God. I read it. I, know I read Shiloh. it when I was you know Shiloh. I read it when I was a little boy and I fell in love with it because I always wanted a dog as a kid. And, and uh, it was the story of essentially this little boy who kind of stole a dog from his neighbor who was kind of mistreating it. And that's really funny because, you know, I grew up to kind of do something yeah. very similar. <laughs> and when I was when I was really just getting into the writing process and I found a copy and I would read it to Fred and kind of we would I would take it with me when we would go on camping trips. And I would pick it up and just, you know, read a couple pages in the tent uh, to him. So I think that's that's one of his favorites too, for sure. 
I That's love so that. sweet. I love That's that. a very, very good segue <laughs> um, yeah. into, your, into your own story. So we're going to start just for readers who aren't familiar. We're going to take it way back and start yeah. with sort of the early days of your relationship with Fred. So how did you know that you were going to try and, and bring Fred out? Like, what was that kind of realization like for you? And how confident were you that it was going to work out? If I was being completely honest with myself in the moment, I knew right away that, you know, and it was a combination of confidence and dread. I knew enough about myself, you know, at this point in my life, I was, you know, 20 something years old, 27, 28 years old. And, and I knew that once something tugged at my heart like that, and I felt it, how strongly I felt it when I first walked up to him and gave him that piece of beef jerky and, and he followed me back to my sleeping bag, I knew that... I would do whatever it took and I wouldn't give up. I didn't know for sure if, if I could and I, you know, cause there was so much that would be out of my control. But uh, yeah, I would say, you know, for me, it, it was instant. You know, the moment I walked up to him, I knew this, that this wasn't an accident that he, you know, he was there for a reason and, and uh, it was the beginning of something, um, something special. I could have never imagined that it would, it would have grown into, into what it has, but I'm so grateful and so proud. I just love it first sight. I just heard him shake his little yeah. ears out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's up. I think I'm talking too loud for him. Not, he's <laughs> he's going to go find a more quiet spot to lay down. <laughs> so this is, I read your book for the first time for this podcast. Um, and oh, I had great. been wanting to read it for years. My friend Caitlin, she told me all about the book. And so I was so excited to have a chance to read it. And um, one thing that I really enjoyed about the book is the way that the narrative went back and forth through time. And I, you know, for me as a reader, it like took a lot of the pressure off of mm. your story while you were in Afghanistan to go back and then be back on the road trip with you and your friend Josh and Fred. Mm -hmm. And that trip sounded like so much fun. And one thing I appreciated from that was the way that you wrote about the evolution of your friendship with Josh. Mm. And I just really appreciated that because I don't read that much about male friendship. And I just, for me, that was really an interesting insight into what that may be like. And yeah. I just have to know, is Josh still in your life today? <laughs> Thank you for the, the compliment. I'm, I, I thought it was a really neat move to, to kind of stagger the chapters like that. I wanted our book to stand out. I mean, we have some really incredible stories of from, from veterans from every generation and, and mine's, mine's no different. And I wanted ours, besides having Fred, I wanted it to like just as a book kind of stand out from your typical kind of military memoir that tend to be a little more factual versus you know actually being a story you know because fred is a great story and i really wanted that to to shine so thank you for for that i'm glad i'm glad that it worked out and, and that that's something we hear a lot from readers is that they love that it, it went back and forth and josh and i's friendship is stronger than ever Yay. yeah we he's doing great we don't i'm working on getting him to leave dc and move up to maine i'm, I'm always trying to recruit people to move to maine because it's i love it up there i've really fallen in love with with our new home so when you first brought Fred home, you sort of found out that he was younger than you had sort of guessed that he yeah. would be. So how, how old is Fred? And also, how has he adjusted to life in right. the U.S.? Yeah, great question. If we had had money, we would have been taking bets, you know, on, on his age. Some guys thought he was, you know, a puppy, like really, really young puppy. Some guys thought he was like an old dog that, you know, mm. just uh, was small and when I told my dad, when he, before I sent him home, I was like, he might be done growing. He might turn into a, a horse. Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I figure now, you know, it's been 10 years 
and it's almost October, and we were already in Sangin now at this point wow. um, in twenty in twenty ten, and this could have been the day. I don't know specifically when I first made contact with Fred, but this could have been around the time when I was walking up to him with a piece of beef jerky, and mm. you know, and and we had that moment, and. Um, it's your anniversary. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and this this time of year it always just kind of is special and kind of magical for me and for Fred because it's we really reflect on how far we've come since those moments and you know he, literally him being born, you know, in a, in a really harsh and really really dangerous place for people let alone a little dog. And so, yeah, I think now I think he was probably about 8 months old when we found him because he had all his adult teeth and he hasn't really grown much like height wise he's still he's still <laughs> you know he's still vertically uh you know the same and and uh but he's he's just you know got he's beefed up he's got some muscle mm-hmm. on him now and and um you know he's thickened out a little bit but he hasn't gotten he could i, I think i could still fit him in a duffel bag i guess is, is the, <laughs> the best way to say it <laughs> so i am curious we were talking a little bit earlier about Maine and how you settled there with your family. Mm-hmm. And it's so different from where you grew up, yeah. if I remember correctly. And I'm just curious, like, what about this part of the country called to you? That's a great question. I, I think growing up where, where I did, it was great. And I, I don't take take it for granted in any sense of the, of the word. But I think I've always really been drawn to places and people that feel real where there aren't a lot of layers of kind of human imposition mm. on it. You know what I mean? Like we're like yeah. very like a lot of parts of the country are very manicured and and you have to look real hard to find something real and there's nothing wrong with it. But I think as a kid I, I always kind of just felt, you know, like I was looking for that. And to me, Maine has that. The people are very direct and very blunt and, and very caring. You know, and there's a real sense of, of community throughout the state and all the towns and all the areas. You really have that, and I. Th- but I think the the first impression I, that I really had was was the the troop greeters um, up in Bangor because mm. my fir- my very first time in the state was on my way from California to Afghanistan, and we fly from uh, an Air Force base in California to Bangor to refuel, and the whole town comes out. It's young and old, and it was the middle of the night, you know. And there's kids in their pajamas running around, and um, it brought us lobster rolls and. Aww. And they just wanted to spend time with you. There wasn't an agenda. There wasn't a re- they didn't get anything out of it. There was no cameras. There was no at the time. You know, there wasn't a lot of attention on it. It was just they did the. They're doing it for the right reasons, and that really stuck to me. And Maine continues to kind of provide examples of that for me. The 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 more and more time we we've, we've spent in our new home. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that on of everything you said. That's amazing. Oh, thank you're you. lucky. You're very lucky. Yeah, really lucky. <laughs> and it doesn't hurt that you can play hockey up there in the winter on all the frozen lakes and ponds. And that, <laughs> I would think I was a misplaced hockey player my whole life growing up in Virginia. So. <laughs> you're listening to the Book Club Girl podcast, where our guest this week is Craig Grossi, whose book Craig and Fred is out now. You can read more about Craig's book at bookclubgirl.com slash podcast. Coming up on the Book Club Girl podcast, Craig answers more questions. And later in the show, we ask about his literary white whale. So don't go anywhere. This episode of the Book Club Girl podcast is brought to you by A Dog's Best Friend by New York Times bestselling author Simon Garfield. 
A Dog's Best Friend is a charming meditation on the relationship between humans and dogs, drawing on history, science, art, and personal experience to illuminate a magical bond that has endured millennia. Available wherever books are sold. Welcome back to the show. This episode, we're speaking with Craig Grossi, author of Craig and Fred. So that's actually, hockey is kind of a good transition to one part of my next question. So I, I yeah. wanted to ask what initially drew you to enlist in the Marines? Mm. And then the second part of that question is what, organi- I know you're still very engaged in sort of veterans organizations. So if you could tell listeners a little bit about, about how yeah. you stay connected in that community. What drew me to enlist was I think a similar kind of thing I was just talking about with Maine. And, and what I've kind of been looking for a lot in my life is this real kind of sense of being, you know, and, and having a purpose and really living my own kind of, of life. And the Marines specifically out of all the branches really seemed like they offered unfiltered experience, you know, and it, like they weren't gonna compromise on anything. And I mean, of course, there's always certain degrees of, of compromise, but it was up to you to be the best version of yourself and to, to be the best Marine. And that really, really spoke to me. Uh, I felt as a young person, I felt like I kind of slipped through the cracks. You know, I felt like I got away with failing classes or you're not turning mm-hmm. in assignments or just not being the best version of myself um and that i knew i could be and because i was it wasn't that i was afraid of, of hard work it wasn't that i was af- afraid of of sweat you know and, and challenging myself it was just that I, I didn't feel like i had the right channel and the marines the marines really offered that and and 9-11 tragically um was kind of the the kick in the in the butt that i really needed because if it had been up to me, I would have already been in right after I graduated high school. But I, to appease my very rational father, I, I gave community college a, a shot just to see if for some, if maybe the college environment was would academically be a little bit better for me. And it was not a surprise. But that is a similar kind of sentiment I've heard from other veterans is that, you know, there's this desire for purpose and this desire for meaning and, and to be held to a high standard. And to me, it was it was about surrounding myself with people that would that wouldn't let me compromise that they would keep me honest and keep me focused that's going back to Maine that's kind of what I love about Mainers you know like they if you try to get away with something if you try to not give something your all or try to kind of over explain something they'll kind of look right through you you know and and they they kind of you know they they know you know when someone's just uh skirting around a topic and and they can kind of really cut through it highly tuned bs detectors exactly yeah that's it that's perfect that's very very well said and so i think was that both i think i got both your questions there was that right yeah and then you know my other part was just how you know you've been out of the marines for a while but you're still really involved in the community so up in maine there's some some great organizations through fred's merchandise we have um fredtheafghan.com is his website and we have um, my partner, my fiance Nora, has designed incredible leashes and collars and harnesses and hats and shirts and stuff, and and uh, it's all made in the and designed in the in the states. And and um, we raise money. We pick a different organization. A lot of times they're veteran focused. A lot of times they're animal focused, dog focused, or rescue focused, or sometimes both. You know, we'll use Fred's social media presence to kind of draw attention to some of these organizations and you know we'll pick a month and we'll donate at the end of the month a portion of of what we make um from fred's merch and and then on the other side just there's all these organizations up uh 
the one I'm closest to is actually back home, back down here in D.C., in the D.C. area called the USA Warriors Hockey Program. And they started in the, the hospitals in Walter Reed and, and Bethesda, going around to our men and women who were wounded, some of them, you know, very severely missing arms and legs and, and d- different digits and, and uh, teaching them, taking them out on the ice and teaching them hockey. And uh, if you've never seen sled hockey, you should definitely check out sled hockey because it's pretty intense and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Those guys and girls can really can really move and, and they're not shy about throwing their bodies around and that's really cool. And some of the veterans from the USA Warriors program, the sled program specifically, have gone on and, and won gold medals at the with the Olympics. Wow, um, which that's is amazing. incredible, incredible. Yeah, and so. That's a, a an organization that's really close to my heart. It kind of inter- reintroduced me to hockey. I, I I'm not sure I would have allowed hockey back in my life if I hadn't had that specific avenue to get back on the ice with veterans. That's awesome. So I said in the introduction when I was like sort of talking about your book that I am just a total sucker for dogs. <laughs> well, like when I walk down the street, if I'm walking with someone and we're talking and if a dog comes towards us, all conversation ceases. I have to address yeah. the dog. <laughs> so I totally cried reading the scene of you having your reunion with Fred when you returned from Afghanistan and mm-hmm. he had been at your sister's house. And um, I just, my heart was just bursting with joy and, and you know, all of that sort of wonder when you have this reunion with someone you love. And I want to ask you, did you have, did you fear that he wouldn't remember you? Like, does mm-hmm. Fred still really love your sister? And, you know, cause she was one of the people who took care of him when he was sort of without you for a while. Like, what was that moment like for you and the lead up? And was there like a readjustment period where you had to get used to each other again? To be honest. Yeah, I was, I was a little worried that he wouldn't remember me and there might be a moment where it's like, you know, wait a minute, you know, and I would have to just start over again. I was hopeful, of course, that 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 wouldn't be the case. And my expectations were definitely defied. Uh, He clearly (laughs) was just like, you know, just so excited. And and despite not seeing me for months, me, you know, looking a little different after the last four months of my tour and, and just being in all of a sudden being in this space that he had come to know as my dad's basement and, and spending time with him and my sister, you know, that it was, it was clear that, you know, he was kind of waiting, waiting for me to come back. And, and we've, we haven't stopped. We haven't stopped <laughs> since. And um, to answer your other question, he loves my sister and my dad. And a lot of my friends that still live in the DC area were, would come over and spend time with him and take him for a walk to kind of give my dad a break. And yeah, he remembers everybody. He never forgets. When we, we showed up at my dad's house last night and he, my Fred lost it. I mean, every, <laughs> every, every morning when we wake up here, he run he runs upstairs and, and has to like, my dad will have the, he'll be in his office. He'll have his door closed and he'll like pop the door open and just attack my dad. It's so funny. <laughs> That's awesome. We've heard you have a new book coming out. That's right. It's yeah. sort of the next chapter of, of some of your adventures together. So what can you tell us a little bit about what the next book is and what you've been up to? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, you know, it, it very much is a kind of picks up where, where Craig and Fred left off. You, you won't have to have read Craig and Fred to enjoy Second Chances is the, the title of the next book, but it would certainly, you know, help and it, and it is encouraged, of course. Um, so, I've been jokingly calling it Craig and Fred go to prison <laughs> because it, it takes place mostly in inside Maine State Prison. And I got connected with the warden at the time was a man named uh, Randy Liberty. 
and he's an Iraq war veteran and the former sheriff of Kennebec County up in Maine. And he, at the time, was the warden at the prison. And, and after I'd done a radio interview with an NPR show in Maine, the host, Jennifer Rooks, connected me with Randy and said, you got to get up there. You got to see what he's got going on. There's dogs. There's this gardening program. Like, it's really incredible. And, and so Fred and I went up and, and spent the day. We talked to the staff. I kind of told the, the story. And, and then he, took, he brought me back to this area um, that he had designated a whole cell block. They call it a pod. And he had designated this whole area just for veterans. And that's where the dogs from America's Vet Dogs are housed and these guys take them from they take these dogs from little goofy floppy puppies and over the course of like 15 to 18 months they turn them into uh, these essential dogs for uh, you know our nation's veterans uh, every that, that they can handle everything from you know somebody with anxiety or PTS and uh, you know nightmares and seizures to or something as severe as somebody who's blind or or in a wheelchair or, or wow. you know otherwise physically disabled and it's an incredible program and the first people who are really impacted by these dogs are, are the, the men who train them in the prison. I knew right away that, you know, there was some stories in there that if I had the opportunity, I, I you know, I was going to do my best to share them. So we have one final question for you. And yeah, it's something course. we ask everyone who comes on our podcast. Oh, cool. So it's what is your literary white whale? It's a book mm. that you've either always meant to read or mm. one that you started reading but never finished. I do have some books that I've been meaning to get to, but I, I haven't gotten to yet. I think I've been dodging this one all summer, Humankind, and it's mm. it's by Rutger uh, Bergman, and I, I've been kind of putting that off. I read a lot this summer when we were traveling and camping and stuff, and and this one was kind of in my backpack all summer, and I have I, I haven't I haven't just because it's a little thicker than than uh, some of the the other stuff I was reading and. Uh, I wanted to make sure I had the time to really devote to it because I feel like it's going to be, a, you know, one of the ones that I'm really going to want to pay attention to. So, yeah, Humankind is at the time kind of my my literary white whale. Craig, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Oh, We're so grateful for your time. Oh, it was, thank it you. It was so fun. It was really fun. And I appreciate the opportunity and to share a little bit with your listeners. And this is what I'm here to do. So any, any chance I get, it, it, it always means a lot. So thank you. That was Craig Grossi whose new book, Craig and Fred, is out now. To find out more about Craig's book and his new book, Second Chances, and how to buy your copies, head to bookclubgirl.com slash podcast, where you can also find links to everything mentioned in this episode. Like what you heard? Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, give us a rating and leave a review. Two thumbs up. Another way to help spread the word about the Book Club Girl podcast, tell a friend. It really helps others to find us. You'll hear from us again in two weeks when we'll be speaking with debut novelist Meng Jin about her novel, Little Gods, which I'm so, so excited to read. I've heard such amazing things. If you want to read the book before the podcast drops, head over to hc.com and use promo code BOOKCLUBGIRL that's all one word, for 25% off and free shipping for any book discussed on the podcast. Please stay in touch with us between episodes. We're both on Instagram. Find us at Tavia Reads and at Eliza is Reading, and of course, at Book Club Girl. You can also join in on our conversations. So in a few weeks, we're interviewing Nadia Hashimi about her debut novel, The Pearl That Broke Its Shell. And we cannot wait for that. If you have questions for Nadia, please post them in the comments on our Book Club Girls Facebook group or call us and leave us a message. 
212-207-7336 or send us an email, thegirls at bookclubgirl.com. We would really love to hear from you about Nadia's book. And if your question gets asked on the show, we'll send you a free book. Before we go, a big thank you to Charles DeMontebello, who produced today's episode, and to Craig Grossi for skillfully setting up a remote recording studio in his home for this episode, and to Fred, who is such a good boy, and lastly to Caitlin Harry, another dog lover on our Book Club Girl team. Until next time, I'm Eliza. And I'm Tavia. Happy reading. After the family left and we moved in, the little dog stayed. It was almost as if this were his compound. I stood and watched him flop down in his spot under the bushes. Beside him, I could see other food scraps he'd accumulated. Little MRE wrappers, sticks, bones. I put down my water bottle, picked up a piece of beef jerky, and started walking over to him, my sandaled feet kicking up dust. When the dog realized I was coming his way, he stopped eating and looked at me. He watched as I approached, squinting to shield his eyes from the dust and sun. A few steps away from him, I paused. Hey, buddy, I said. How's it going? He seemed to be studying me. There was something expressive about his big, light brown eyes, almost human-like. For a moment, we just looked at each other. Then I heard a quiet thwap, thwap, thwap. A little cloud of dust kicked up into the air behind him. I couldn't believe it. He was wagging his tail. I took it as an invitation to move closer and crouched down to get a better look at him. The dog's fur was mostly white, with large spots of light orange-brown. He had a long snout with a big black nose and floppy ears. As he looked at me, his eyebrows twitched from side to side, curious. He continued to wag his tail, and his expression was soft and easy, as if he was smiling. The dog seemed happy as a clam. But I could see he was covered in black bugs the size of dimes. They were buzzing around him, then burrowing into the fur on his face and neck. I extended my arm, holding out the piece of beef jerky. Here you go, buddy, I said. The dog stood up and shook, as if to rid himself of as many bugs as possible before getting near me. He took a few steps forward, his nose leading the way and inspected my offering before carefully pulling it from my hand with his front teeth. I laughed, watching him chew the jerky. Most dogs I knew didn't bother chewing treats before sending them down the hatch. Well, you've got better manners than most, don't you? I said, and extended my other hand so he could give it a few sniffs. With his permission, I massaged my fingers into the fur around his neck and under his ears. It was coarse and matted in dust. It felt unnaturally stiff almost like a dirty pair of jeans. But the dog happily leaned into me, pleased with the neck rub. I wondered if it was the first time he'd ever been petted.